Right, here we go again. Episode 52nd one. In recording. In recording, though. No. <clears throat> um, yes, okay. Are so you tense, then? I am tense. No, I'm not tense. I am, I'm actually genuinely excited. I'm, I was, I'm nervous. I'm nervous. I would put it that way. Just a kind of like a tingly nerves. That's what I have, what I feel. How about you? We've been doing this such a long time, though. I just don't give a fuck anymore. But you see, this is doing the main show again. So I'm a little bit like, oh, it's the main show. It's like, get on stage, put on your... This is the one that people actually listen to. Yeah. Put on your, you know, suck in your tummy underwear and uh, get suck all... Suck in your tummy underwear? You know, they, don't, they, you have, they... don't you have um, a button at the front of your shirt that goes between your legs and you... Like a, a baby grow. <laughs> That's a deep cut for anyone who listened to our whatever episodes and deep cut and mini bits between seasons. Um, no, I have got, I've got, I've got man spanks. That's what I have, man spanks. And I wear, I wear it just for when we do the main show. That's it. Oh my god! The best bits. I'll use small words that you'll be sure to understand. You warthog-faced buffoon. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. You are stupid. You have no taste, a lousy sense of humor, and you smell. Don't call me stupid. Hello, and welcome to The Best Bits, a movie podcast where we pick our favorite scenes from randomly selected, weirdly specific themes. This is your co-host, Will. This is my first time saying this. I'm always saying this right. A writer of three films plus a Star Wars? Is that what it, what we're supposed to say? Nobody cares. I, I care. Introduce me. And I am joined once again by my co-host and let's see what this is. Writer of Don't one and a bit it. films. <laughs> <laughs> Three and a bit episodes don't of TV. Punch down with your punch lightsaber. <laughs> yes, Kevin. Hello, Kevin. How are you? Well, well, well. Fancy seeing you here. <laughs> yes, this. Is, I've been waiting for you to show up on Mike uh, every week for the last six months. And uh, where have you been? I I've been. Uh, I've been all over the internet voting Screechers Reach one star <laughs> on all the apps. IMDb, Rotten Tomatoes, Letterboxd, everything. <laughs> so you're you're the prick who's driving our, dr- dragging our averages down all across those metric sites. Damn you. Damn you to hell. Everyone needs a hobby. That's mine. <laughs> ruining, ruining my average rating. Well, we're back and we're doing showdowns and the last episode that we did was plot twists and we said on plot twists that we were taking a little break because well the baby you had the baby that came along mm-hmm. and um we'd thrown the order out of whack because we did two star trek episodes so this episode that we're doing right now was voted for by our patreon listeners as intended to be our 50th episode yeah. But it's now our fifty-first episode, and it's showdowns, and it just slightly nudged out best villain scene, which would have been a great one to do. Honestly, 
either of those topics would have been fantastic. And hopefully someday in the future, we will get the chance to do best villain scene. Well, the intention is to try and get to 100. So we've only got 49 more to go. Oh, 49. I think we'll squeeze it in there someplace. I'm, I'm sure some Patreons will force us to do it at some stage. We're going to get to like episode 77 and it's going to be like um, best costume scene, best hairstyle scene. <sighs> do you know what? This is the thing. There's sometimes you get these best weird esoteric backdrop scene. The weird esoteric topics were the ones that gave us the most laugh. Like best, to- who would have thought that best Tom Cruise running scene would actually have turned out to be good to, to be good crack? And it turned out to be it turned out to be a, a, a lot of people's favorite episode. No, my favorite one was the the really random one, which was the breaking the fourth wall. And what was the other one? It was it was like a double header episode. Oh, breaking the fourth wall. Uh, oh yeah, I read that one. Was it dream scene? It wasn't dream scene. No, it no, was. It uh, oh, it was a. There was two. We did two episodes. Anything. It was two topics. On, I edited that episode. I know you did. Oh fuck! Fair play to you. You finally <laughs> did something. <laughs> no, we're doing showdowns. Anyway, that episode, whatever it was, I think it was like forty-six or something. I love that episode. Yes, it was uh, breaking the foot wall and movies and within movies. Movies within movies. That's right. Yeah, that was a great episode. It really was. Again, weird topics, but turned out to be great. But this is a great topic. Yes. Listen, I have I have a question for you, and I always tend to throw questions at you when you're the one that has been doing the research. Right. So, showdowns, can they only come at the end of a movie? Mm. No, sorry. I just took a drink while you asked me that. No, honest to God, no, I don't think they... They generally work best if they come at the end of a film because showdown scenes are generally the culmination of a lot of anticipation, tension, and build up. Um, yeah, face They're the climax. They're the ultimate. Yeah, they're the ultimate climax or catharsis and resolution of a film. So that is usually best achieved at the end. The of smile, a film. you son of a bitch moments. Kind of like that. But that's not to say they necessarily have to come at that moment. You can have little odd little showdown scenes uh, early in, at any any stage in the film. But I'm just the and most I've iconic got one for ones. You. I've got one for you. Well, hang. Let's get the ball rolling. Start it. Tell me what's let's your middle of the scene. Let's do it. Let's get it going. Let's just fucking throw protocol out the window. Just fucking throw me one. Come on, give it so to me. So my pick for best showdown is no. This is a showdown which comes in the very early. I would say. 15 minutes of a film okay and it's a John Carpenter film okay I'm wondering have I seen it you have seen it definitely okay go on is it They Live nope Uh, although that could count but that came up in fight scenes the one that I edited this one we've not talked about before and I thought so all my picks I've not talked about before but this okay. is one of my favourite films and it's a big massive melee that happens in an alleyway when Kurt Russell pulls his truck in and suddenly the three storms show up and these two different factions one in yellow one in red start baiting shite out of each other Who's that? guys are flipping all over the place and they're shooting lightning and they're blowing wind and they're spinning their little chopsticks and yeah. it's uh it's class 
It's amazing. And do you know what, what I actually love about that one? Is it feels that uh, Kurt Russell's character has wandered in to the showdown climax of some other movie. Yeah. That's what it feels like. He's just wandered in and right into the middle of a huge epic climax of some other. So maybe uh, that's a show-stopping movie. scene and not a showdown scene. It's definitely a showdown between two rivals. It's definitely. And I'm just trying to come up with some sort of like no, funny wordplay. You're, you're, you're trying to say, no, it's a fucking showdown <laughs> scene. That's cool. I love that scene. Absolutely adores. Right. That's one of mine done. Tick. Oh, okay. Over to you. <laughs> Well, okay, right. So I'm actually going to try. I was trying to actually do my usual breakdown of like what makes a good showdown scene, right? And I was, I've kind of like, I can, I can already hear go. Kevin going, Back oh school, no, here we I've go. Got, like, I have to learn. Uniform on, Ugh. tight. I'm sitting in the class and I'm thinking, fuck, well, summer's over. This is shite. I hate learning. I hate, I hate learning. It. I hate talking about <laughs> right. fucking writing. But Kevin, but one of the essential elements of any good showdown scene is if there has been an appropriate amount of tension or anticipation built up throughout the course of the film, right? So It's the pop shot. It's the what shot? The pop shot. What's the pop shot? <laughs> Google it. <laughs> I don't know what the pop shot is. This is going to lead me into some sort of, are you, is this, is this the time to <laughs> drop that Pornhub, Pornhub thing that you do? I don't know what it is. Get Karen to, to look at her after okay, actually, when you come right. off mic, say right. Kevin said that showdowns are like the pop shot scenes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm gonna look that up, but before I get there, right, my first pick is all basically a showdown that is is at the end of an entire feature film of incredible anticipation and tension building up, right? And it is from a film from 1987, I think. And it is a film that I haven't brought up before. It's a film we've both seen. Lethal Weapon. No, it is a, but you're in the right kind of area. It's an Arnie movie. Oh, that's my pick. Is that your f- full on pick? That's is that your full on pick? Predator? Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> In a part of the world where there are no rules. We pick up their trail at the chopper, run them down, grab those hostages before anybody knows we were there. What do you mean we? Deep in the jungle, where nothing that lives is safe. You lose it here. You're in a world of hurt. Showtime, kid. Knock, knock. An elite rescue squad. You're bleeding, man. I ain't got time to bleed. <laughs> is being led by the ultimate warrior. We need the best. That's why you're here. But now... What's got Billy so spooked? There's something out there waiting for us. And it ain't no man. They're up against the ultimate enemy. Holy mother of God. Nothing like it has ever been on Earth before. She says the jungle just came alive and took him. We cannot see it. <laughs> blood, no bodies. We hit nothing. But it sees the heat of our bodies and the heat of our fear. Whatever it is out there, it killed Hopper. And now it wants us. It kills for pleasure. Ah! He will skin the lion. It hunts for sport. He's killing us one at a time. We're all gonna die. But this time, it's picked the wrong man to hunt. If it bleeds, we can kill it. 
that's my actual pick for the end oh, of the episode. No. Oh, Era, shit. Era, well, fuck it. Throw caution to the wind. Yeah, I <laughs> think that that is, that is an incredible showdown. It's mano a mano, and it yeah. is a battle of wits. And what I like about it is that Arnie is clever in it, and there's no real yeah. sort of leaning on tropes. It's him sort of just, it's him going full Rambo. Absolutely. And what what I love about it from the kind of like the build up of the tension is like throughout go, the that's film. proof for everybody that's listening that we don't really prepare when we get on mic. We just wing it and it's totally like. We don't uh, know what each other's got or picks are. That's as simple as that. We don't know what is it. But what I love about it is look, in it, we have. Ernie, who Dutch's and his team's group, and they showed himself to be exceptionally skilled, like, you know, elite Delta Force or whatever the fuck they are. And they are faced off against a Predator, who is even more skilled and a deadly hunter. And as the film progresses, like, the Predator effortlessly takes down Dutch's team, which increases the tension and it showcases his superior abilities. So basically, we get this sense of dread, this terror. And eight or nine-year-old me who watched that film for the first time was terrified, absolutely scared shitless by the ter- by, by the Predator. I don't understand you. You're, you were such a little, you were such a little um, shrinking violet where everything would terrify you. I used to just get energized by horror films. Well, we, we've gone through your origin story, Kevin. <laughs> we know that, that weekend of There's plenty more horror. to come. <laughs> Or a marathon you were you were exposed to at the age of five, so I'm sure that would it changed your the calibration. Of <laughs> but again, as you were saying, with that particular showdown scene, it's fucking awesome because we have Dutch finally I I was kind of pick it. adopting, you know, <laughs> a strategic approach to survive. He uses his knowledge of the jungle and he sets uh, booby traps and he learns to camouflage himself and ultimately we get to see the Predator's true face and that awesome fucking line from Ernie. Hello, pussy lips. (laughs) (laughs) You one ugly motherfucker. I'll have to edit that in. So, so already we have fucking driven this train off, off the cliff. But we're well, kind of I we're am, in sync. We're in sync. Yeah, I am going to have to move my alt up to my uh, my final pick. Then I have another. Okay. One. Okay. Okay. Go okay, ahead. okay. I suppose it'll be the I, next one you mentioned. Hey, so hang on a second. So did you do one? Then I did one. Do you have another one? Do you want to give me another one now? No, I've only got four that I... I okay, I'll done. do another pick. I'll do another pick now. sort of sit back and just like make little smart ass sides while you were trying to... <laughs> so you, have, you been, have you been sitting there for the last six months just brushing up on all of your... Well, quips. What other ways can I throw Will off? It would be just... I, I've little... just been sitting here like doing DJ mixes of you saying, <laughs> which let me fucking finish. <laughs> I know I've heard them all. all right, but I want to move on to my next pick. You played right? them in the car. 
Oh, to my kids. Actually, I actually, it's Chloe's favorite tune to go to, to get her off to sleep at night. <laughs> Fuck of off. A little mix of your stupid cunt. <laughs> oh. also, one of my you, favorite things about our podcast is that we get on mic to talk about the podcast <laughs> oh no is it narcissistic is that is that qualify as narcissism i don't know we're, I narcissistic, think it is. About, yeah. we're narcissistic about our own podcast we love ourselves <laughs> we just love ourselves and it's completely unjustified we're septic. <laughs> it's, it's completely unearned we shouldn't be <sighs> Uh, it's obviously it's just torture. I wonder how they're getting on at the Cork Film Podcast Festival or whatever it is. Oh, well, I, I, I'm still waiting for the invites. That we're not invited. We should have a showdown with them. Let's go oh, down to the God. opera house and just like egg them. All right, I'll bring you. I'll bring you back on topic. Bring you back on topic, right? So the next, when I was sitting in my hub, my uh, when I was meditating on showdown scenes, I was trying to figure out ways. How can I qualify shack. different picks? I was finding my top, what I was doing was I was finding some of my favorite showdown scenes and figuring out, oh, what makes this one interesting? And one of the things that I feel uh, needs to work in a showdown scene to make a showdown scene work really well is we have to be emotionally invested in the characters, right? A real emotional invest- mm-hmm. in, in, investment in these characters. And if we are then when when a showdown happens, we give a shit what fucking happens Can whether I they add live or die. That? Of course, please. I think that the opponents need to be equally matched at the mm. least. Or well, yeah. the antagonist needs to be overpowered. Absolutely. You need to feel worry and 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 fear that your hero will not come out, will not survive a particular showdown. We talked about this, I think, on the Mission Impossible Fallout commentary that we did. But I brought up on that because it's, it stood out to me as quite jarring of a, of a choice for them to make. But it was when Tom Cruise is fighting the villain of the movie, Henry Cavill. Mm. And Henry Cavill is continually getting injured in the fight. Yeah. But Tom Cruise isn't. And mm-hmm. that, to me, is backwards. You want to have your hero, like, on the ropes, do the, the the rocky thing but you know it, Henry Cavill's getting fucking he's getting his eye blown out and he's getting sprayed with hot oil and stuff and it's all like you are just weakening the villain yeah and I, I don't think that that's smart you want to have your Robocop guy where he's just fucking a wreck and he's dragging himself through the, the mud to keep yeah. going that's when you are leaning forward and going like, come on, you can do it. You can do it. Whereas when it's like Tom Cruise and he's just unstoppable, you just feel like, well, we're going through the motions here. It's just about how you're going to show us him offing the bad guy. But it's inevitable. It's going to go that way. That's a, a great way of looking at it. Yeah. You need you need your hero protagonist to feel vulnerable. You need to yes. feel their their fragility. And that they're 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 mortal and they will not survive this particular showdown. And I have a slightly unusual pick for this sub subheading, and it's from okay. True Grit, the Coen Brothers, Which one? the, the Coen Brothers, Brothers one. remake mm-hmm. of True Grit. You got a lot of experience with bounty hunters, do you? That is a silly question. I am fourteen. You can run on for a long time. Time for you to go home. I don't like you. I will not go back, not without Cheney, dead or alive. Later, gotta cut you down. Cheney's here! Help me, Marshal! Now what, Cogburn? Them boys don't think about the wrath that's about to set down on it. 
Jack and this gang a rough lot. I do not regret shooting your father. I will kill this girl! Biggest mistake you ever made. Tell them that God's gonna cut you down. I can do nothing for you, son. Very simply, it's about a young girl called called Maddie Ross, played by Haley Steinfeld, who is seeking justice for the, her father's murder, and she employs Rooster Cogburn, played by an almost incomprehensible Jeff Go- Jeff Bridges, to go out Jeff there Gordon. as a marshal. Uh, <laughs> thanks. To go out there and track down the killer of her dad, Tom Cheney, played by Josh Brolin. She also has uh, Matt Damon's character, LeBeouf, uh, along. Uh, he's also after the same guy. But ultimately, the showdown se- scene there is incredibly poignant and touching for me because it's it's like typical corn butter stuff where they. They pull the rug from out from underneath you. No, Kevin's sticking something on his face just to distract me even more. <laughs> no, it's I, I'm covering up my um, stern look of uh, concentration with a smiley sticker on my forehead. Oh, good. That's okay. No, it's it's actually relaxing me staring at that. I prefer that version of your face, Kevin. He's got a smiley Thank face you, on his forehead, so that's what he is. Um, but what happens is in the in the showdown scene there. First of all, Josh Brolin's Tom Shaney is kind of dealt with very, very quickly, okay? And he's actually shot and blown away off the off the, the edge of a cliff. But the showdown happens when Rooster Coburn uh, faces off on horseback against three other uh, thieves or bandits. And it's really fucking emotionally charging because Rooster is set up as this very fragile old man who's just about holding it together. and. It's foreshadowed earlier in the film that, you know, he says, ah, oh, one of the best ways you can handle these sort of guys is if you just fucking run at them and take out both your guns and shoot them in the air and they'll just run off scared. And this time he tries the same tactic and Matty Ross and Matt Damon are watching him from the the, the, the bluff and he charges down at them and the three thieves charge back and, it's, and you feel he's going to die. Farrell, I want you and your brother to stand clear. I have no interest in you today. What is your intention, Rooster? You think one on four is a dog, Paul? <laughs> I mean to kill you in one minute, Ned. Or see a hang at Fort Smith at Judge Parker's convenience. Which will you have? I call that bold talk for a one-eyed fat man. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Bridges' Rooster Cogburn calls their bluff. With the reins in his teeth, he draws his two revolvers. Shots are exchanged. Shoot them, Mr. LeBeef. Too far. Moving too fast. Rooster clips three of them. Then Rooster's shot and he goes down. Rooster's trapped. Uh, 
And right now, you feel that's it for poor old Rooster. But up on the bluff is Matt Damon. And he's looking down the sights of his rifle. Well, Rooster, I'm shot to pieces. Seems neither of us is to see Judge Parker. And he steadies his breath and he says, And it feels like that bullet is traveling forever. Woohoo! Some bully shot! It's a great showdown. It's a great showdown because we really fear that our hero will die. That's the crucial thing that you need. You oh, need it's... to feel like that your, your hero is risking everything in this moment and it's all or nothing. That's a great showdown to me. Otherwise, it's just like... Yeah, cool. Uh, yeah, and and it it's why superhero sh- movies don't have any good showdowns. Yeah, because you kind of go, well, they're invincible. It's they're fucking invincible. But in the case of True Grit, it's a very small, simple uh, showdown scene, but it's incredibly effective. You care about the character, and you feel like you're watching their demise, and that is essential yeah i'm gonna walk back what i just said about superhero movies not having any good showdowns because i'm thinking though there's that great one in spider-man 2 between doc ock and spider-man on the train <gasps> yeah that comes so up in the fucking that's an excellent showdown scene it really is, it is. i love superhero movies <laughs> i've turned around i love them all give me more actually fucking hollywood should make more superhero movies we don't have enough we don't silence silence <laughs> Keep them coming. More, more, more. (laughs) So what we've been talking about is that you want to feel jeopardy for your protagonist, for your hero. You want to feel like that they're going into an an impossible situation and they're going to get their ass handed to them. However, there's one that I loved and I've brought it up before and I just want to touch on it. We should actually just touch on a few of the ones we've mentioned before. Yeah, of course. Aliens, yeah. of course. Of course. That's, that's a, an incredible one. I, it we don't came up need our, to cut in that. But it's exactly. Like, and our patrons, I've got a list of stuff our patrons mentioned. Patrick McGinley, I think actually that was one of his picks as well. Of course, Aliens. Absolutely. But I'm not going to mention it. As yeah. in, I'm going to, we're going to say, yeah, Aliens is a classic showdown fucking scene. Get away from her, you bitch. It's brilliant. Titanic. When Leo is up against the Titanic. <laughs> I was like, why is this? Great does one. this? Oh, you finally watched it, Kevin. I Finally, did. you saw yeah. you saw the epic showdown between Leonardo DiCaprio I and that hunk of metal in fourteen parts. It was great. Oh, um, no, there's one that I mentioned before, and I think I should mention it now because I always get such a buzz off of it, even though I don't like the film. But it is like a twenty minute sequence, and it is when Neo is uh, up against the Mervingian's henchmen, and it's in the chateau, and they're just all going at him and he's like Jesus he's just nothing everything bounces off him he, he cannot be hurt so it flies in the face of of everything I've been talking about yeah but that's screenwriting for you there's no fucking rules anything can work as long as it's effective 
Yeah, as long as it works within within the context of its own story, it's fucking fine. Fuck fuck the rules. Do you know what? It doesn't work in the context of the movie because he's just, he's he's so overpowered that you just feel like you're watching cool fight choreography. I've only ever seen the Matrix sequels once, all of them. I've seen the original Matrix I've watched multiple times. The the freeway sequence and the Chateau fight multiple times since then. Okay. But I've never sat down and really watched the whole films again. I think you could take the showdown scene between Matrix sorry, Mat- Matrix. I want to show the scene between Matrix. It's what is hard? <laughs> Matrix and the elf, you know. Uh what's his name? You know, from, um Rivendell. You know, the elf Rivendell. That's a tower in bring Lord, up of Lord of the Rings. Oh my god. There's a fight between Matrix can, and Lord of the Rings in the subway tracks. To the, to the bin. Uh, <laughs> But no, the the fight between Neo and Agent Smith in the first Matrix is a fucking cool um, showdown scene. It really is. It's really effective as well. So that's another one as well. We brought it before. Yeah. Enjoy watching you die, Mr. Anderson. I can move us on to another little angle, right? Because I have another pick, and I was trying to find what, why, how can I talk about this one? Um, cool showdown scenes for me. You know, some showdown scenes can be fucking amazing, but if they are visually and auditorily impactful. The filmmaking, the cinematography, the sound design, the music design to enhance tension and excitement in the overall spectacle of a scene, right? And I have a showdown scene pick. All in the which ones kill Bill are like that. But wait, this one utilizes music. The showdown has happened. You're not going to call music. up my other pick. It's not going to be is, Whiplash, is it? Oh, it's Whiplash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. This place is nice. I really like the music that they play. Bob Ellis on the drums. <laughs> I'm part of Schaefer's Top Jazz Orchestra. It's the best music school in the country. The key is to just relax. Don't worry about the numbers. Don't worry about what the other guys are thinking. You're here for a reason. Have fun. Five, six, and... I want to be great. And you're not. We got Buddy Rich here. Little trouble there. You're rushing. Here we go. Five, six, and... Were you rushing or were you dragging? I, I don't know. If you deliberately sabotage my band, I will gut you like a pig. Oh, my dear God. Are you one of those single-tier people? You are a worthless pansy ass who is now weeping and slobbering all over my drum set like a nine-year-old girl. So how's it going with the studio band? Good. Yeah, I think he likes me more now. I push people beyond what's expected of them. I believe that is an absolute necessity. I want to be one of the greats. And because I'm doing that, it's going to take up more of my time. And this is why I don't think that we should be together. I would never let him put my son through hell. Why would you let him get away with what he did to you? There are no two words in the English language more harmful than good job. I'm so sorry. No, do you know what it is? I'm so basic. I'm so basic that that's, I had down here a predator, like big trouble, like matrix, and like whiplash. 
or tell me tell me why Whiplash is uh, one of you on one, on your list as one of your picks because I saw it in the cinema and I was not expecting it to be like a battle a musical battle that that took place and it was between the forces of good and the forces of evil yeah. and it 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 you really felt like if he lost this it was going to break him it was going to shatter him and destroy mm. this kid who had so much talent and had put himself through hell dealing with a tyrannical teacher to do his art to be creative and i know that and I, i'm curious to get your take on this because i've got a few mm. friends that would argue aggressively that the film's messaging is fucked because it's about abusing people to the point that they will rise above you and that's how you will get perfection from them you have to you have to whip them because they'll plateau at a certain level i don't see it as that i just see it as more of an ambiguous ending but that battle that 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 takes place I feel like that he vanquishes J.K. Simmons' character. Mm-hmm. And J.K. Simmons is such a sociopathic character. Such a Which one is it? Is it a masochist or a sadomasochist? Uh, no, a masochist. A sadomasochist is someone who kind of does it to themselves, I believe. Hello, Will from the past. You are slightly correct, but also slightly incorrect. Sadomasochism is deriving sexual pleasure from... The infliction of physical or psychological pain on another person or on oneself. So there you go, Will from the past. No, so I think he's a sadomasochist in yeah. that um, he takes pleasure out of being beaten. So that's right. what I think that, that that smiles at the end, he's been beaten. Where some read it as though he got the best of him, that his methods were right on that by, by brutalizing him. Right, he got the best out of him, but I think it was the the kid proving to him that um, he's just fundamentally better than him, exactly. and that you cannot beat me. Yeah. You cannot beat me. You cannot break my spirit. Yeah. I, oh, I just remember sitting in the cinema and it going on. I think it's it goes on for like about ten minutes. Yeah, it's over ten minutes. The whole that whole sequence. It's a whole act. It's a whole fucking act. And it's gripping. The cinema was like it almost wanting to stand up and applaud at the end of yeah. the film. It it felt to me the closest to like a Rocky fight at the end. I loved it. Using music. A, a conductor versus Why, a drummer. What in the a fuck band. are you gonna pick now as your as your best scene? Because you've just blown through two of the best ever. I'm so, I'm so sorry. I did not know. Genuinely, okay, we're just proving we're not we don't look at each other's list before we go into this. We've never had such uh, I think cr- we're proving crossover. many things right now. <laughs> but I listen, I agree with you. I I I can see because I rewatched it for this. Not the whole film, but I rewatched the last. I because I've only wa- on rewatched TikTok. the film last year on TikTok. Yes, of course, obviously, with, with, on the speakers with no microphone, with no headphones in, just like straight up yeah. speakers. Vertical video where it's just centered in the middle <laughs> yeah, of the, and all I the was, characters are on the side and you can't see them. And I was playing uh, Crossy Roads at the same time. It was just a little kind of little oh in, right, of course, it, window yeah, in yeah, window yeah. sort of thing. Um, yeah, I watched it and I could. I could see how the people could make the argument that, oh, hang on a second. Actually, he just proved that, as you were saying, Terence Fletcher's J.K. Simmons character was right to be so hard on him. But I, I read it in the way you read it, is that 
He soared right above way. him. Yeah, he, he soared above him and he proved to him that you, yes, you damaged me, but you didn't break me and you haven't shaken my love. And I, and he soared beyond him. That's the thing. It's like he excelled beyond uh, yeah. uh, J.K. Simmons' character. He's going to stay a teacher, but Miles uh, Taylor's character is going to become a virtuoso. Well, uh, Simmons isn't even going to be a teacher anymore because he's, no. he, you know, I'm not going to spoil all I'm going to say is for those of not you who have not the, the final frame of the <laughs> for those of you who have not seen Whiplash, the it's 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 a fucking gripping film. It it's is his best so, film, Damien Chazelle's. Uh, yeah, and I like his films. I do. Uh, I haven't seen Babylon, but I've liked all of his films. Um, aside from that, but yeah, this is my that favorite musical one, one. El La La Land. Yeah, that was that yeah. was sweet. I like that. Blah, blah, I liked that. Blah. Um, but yeah, but again, this film sitting in the utilizes, watching that was like a showdown between me and the film. But it, <laughs> but again, in Whiplash, it's the fucking, it's the sound design, it's the it's the use of music, it's the use of editing, it's the performances, the emotional intensity is utilized in a way to build the tension of the showdown. I can't describe it because you have to see it. You have to experience it for yourself. It is an incredible showdown scene. It is the perfect culmination for this battle between these two musical souls. And uh, watch it, please. Go and watch this. Put it onto your watch list right now. So that's another one. We'll cut in a clip. Uh, now we're going to slow it down a little bit. I'm guessing most of you folks have heard of it. Will I steal your next pick? No, you've what? gone through all of mine. No more picks. Oh shit! Well, I give you. I'm going to say mine. Jaws. In the Jaws, when the shark is coming towards him, and he's like, "Smell, you son of a!" I'm like, "That's that's that's my favorite." Uh. <laughs> Hang on, let me have a look at my DVDs here. Oh, there's one. Um, right. There's a really good one in a film from 2012. Right. 2013, okay. it was released in the States. So that's the DVD. Don't now, the I have. Does, this, does it end with Abbers and begin, begin with Gah? Gabbers? Yeah. Oh, gra, gra. 
Um, yes, that's uh, that's my pick. Actually, it's, um, <laughs> have you written any showdowns? Obviously, you have. have. I, oh, what, I, like, I have. Yes, I have written a showdown. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, when you go into, you think about Wolfwalkers as a showdown? I'm pretty sure there's a show, a big showdown on that one. I'm looking have forward. You, to look at what I was going to say. Assume you haven't seen it yet. Uh, Uh, so one of my picks uh is a film which is a formative film for me i've brought it up before i absolutely love it and it was the most compelling showdown scene i i had ever seen in my life and it changed my life it did change my life and it is the showdown scene at the end of empire strikes back The Force is with you, young Skywalker. But you are not a Jedi yet. I'm not spending too much time on it. I'm just saying that showdown scene has got emotional consequences you know the fate of the rebellion hangs in the balance uh, as Vader is looking to turn Luke over to the dark side uh, and bring him under the Emperor's control and the outcome of the duel will impact the fate of the entire galaxy (sighs) I'm leaving it there I'm leaving it there it's huge it's big it was everything to me when I was eight years old so that's all I'm saying why didn't you write one into Screech's Reach I found that very disappointing as soon as it got going it just ended I thought (laughs) Even fucking try. They did, 14 did it 12 minutes and thought that'll do. That'll do. Should we leave TikTok it there? brain. Nobody Should needs to watch a full movie. The rest will end so it the there. Rest, the rest of them know how it goes. You know how you know how it'll There's finish. No you know your showdown needed. You don't need a showdown anymore. You just need you just need to open the titles. That's all you need. You can get the AI to do that. <laughs> Actually, the AI, I think the AI did an incredible job with the artwork and Screechers Reach. They, they were did. amazing. Yeah. I thought so. There's AI everywhere. Podbot, are you going to tolerate that? Films are shit. Showdown scenes can also be subversive, right? They can surprise us and they can have innovation, right? And memorable, memorable showdown scenes can, uh, can stand out by incorporating unexpected twists, breaking conventions, subverting expectations, and they can add an extra layer of excitement to make the scenes more memorable. And there's one film that subverts what you expect from a showdown scene. And it comes from another Coen Brothers film. And it's the one in No Country for All Men. Let me ask you something. What's the most you ever lost in a coin toss? Look, I need to know what I stand to win. Everything. Just call it Friendo. What's in the satchel? A bowl of money. He's just a guy who happened to find that money. I got a bad feeling, Llewellyn. It's a mess, ain't it, Sheriff? If it ain't, it'll do till the mess gets here. I'm looking for Llewellyn Moss. Did you go up to this trailer? Yes. Do you want to leave a message? Yes. 
I don't come back and tell mother I love her. Your mother's dead. Well, then I'll tell her myself. I got a loose cannon here. You think this boy Moss has got any notion of the sorts of dead are hunting him? I don't know. He ought to. He's seen the same things I've seen, and it certainly made an impression on me. My dad was raging when he saw that. He said, they cut out a reel from the... Did you see that? Yes. They skipped. And I said, Dad, would you shut up? <laughs> I can understand that. That's the kind of brilliance of that decision. Like it, That it was declined. directly taken from the book as well, though. But it's the sort of thing that co- the Coens do. You know, it mm-hmm. kind of, it just matched their fucking sensibility. Like, so basically the height, the climax takes place in a hotel room where Josh Brolin's characters, Josh Brolin's characters, Luen and Moss, anticipates a confrontation with um, Anton Chigurh. What's the, name? What's the name of the actor who plays him? Joaquin Phoenix. Thanks. It's not Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, have you however, about them? Have you about them? However, the film surprises us by denying us the expected showdown. We don't see it. Shigur arrives, he kills Moss off screen and quietly leaves. Yeah, well, listen, (laughs) leaving the audience and us, like you're leaving us shocked and questioning their assumptions. Hey, Mr. Sporting Goods. Hey, yourself. You sport. Yeah, it's me. I got beers in my room. Oh, I'm uh, waiting on my wife. Oh, that's who you keep looking out the window for? Half. What else then? Just uh, looking for what's coming. Yeah, but no one ever sees that. Beer. That's what's coming. I'll bring the ice chest out here. You can stay married. No, ma'am. I I know what bear leads to. (laughs) Bear leads to more bear. It's quite a devastating ending because then you're left with Tommy Lee Jones where he just feels like no matter how much effort you put into making sense of the world or putting right what goes wrong, you can't. And it all just feels futile. He just feels like an old man. The whole film has been kind of taking the elements that we've already discussed, like anticipation and build up, the um, 
uh, investment in characters. We have seen the cat and mouse chase between Josh Brolin, Josh Brolin's character, and Anton Chigurh, and really, really siding with Josh, with Josh Brolin's character so that he can fucking survive and get away because he's a decent soul. And you know he's he's a thief. He's but he's well, he's <laughs> opportunistic. That's what he's. And I think he actually wants to go back and give the money back, but. He's also resourceful. We side with Josh Brolin. And that the that kind of lack of closure. The brutality like, as, when, when Kelly McDonald then gets killed. That's horrific. And I was I was hoping that she doesn't get killed. But 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 you were totally right about the Tommy Lee Jones ending. It kind of adds to the overall sense of existentialism and, and a sense of chaos in the world. Uh and it really challenges our expectations and leaves us with a sense of unease and contemplation. And I think it's a fucking brilliant decision not to give us the showdown. I left, on, I definitely left with a kind of a, a want in me, you know? That's what my mother said to me when she took me into the doctor's. There's a want in you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right. I don't think but, I don't think <laughs> you took it the way that she meant it. <laughs> well, I'm here. He's got a bit of a want in him. <laughs> he's got notions. <laughs> well, you're saying all that and you're talking about subversion. There's yeah. one that has come to me that I think I should mention. Right. But it's not film. It's okay. television. Oh, right. Spill it. It's Joe Barton's dazzling subversion of a showdown that happens in Giri Haji. Where the characters come together for a rooftop showdown and instead of violence they have this stylized tragic dance that's quite heightened and it's very moving and it I remember at the time it just totally caught me off guard and I thought you can do that you can they can they let him do that and um, it was mesmerizing and uh, it, I think for anyone who was watching that show which is you know it's cops and robbers essentially and for it to take that turn mm. where it, it becomes symbolic about the interconnectedness of these characters where one will try to pull away and the other one pull them back and, and other characters are, are stepping in and, and getting in between them and it was really just like beautiful and, and heightened That's a great one. Also, Game of Thrones had so many fantastic showdowns. Ah, God, yeah. Oh, it tries to... Do you remember when the the Hound and What's-Her-Face, Brienne of Tarth, had that incredible battle? We brought that up. I'm pretty sure we brought that up on... 
You brought it up somewhere, and I I remember editing that clip in somewhere back in the day. Um, it wasn't fight scenes because you used run, that one. Tom Cruise run. Yeah, <laughs> that's where it came up. But yeah, that's fucking powerful. That one, that scene. I, like I went back and revisited that scene. It was just so fucking powerful. Where they they both wanted the best for this young girl, and but they were kind of duty bound and protocol. And there was a misunderstanding there where they would have been on the same side if things had slightly gone a different direction for them. And we cared about both characters. Yes, I remember being, sitting there watching it thinking, I don't want anyone to win this fight. Mm. I don't want one of them to lose because the brutality of that show, it felt like we were going to lose one of my favorite characters. So it felt like a lose-lose situation, which is what you want. It's like great drama. 100%, yeah. It, and the emotional charge that you have going into it is, it's just like, please don't hurt each other. Please just walk away, walk away. And, um, and, and the show itself, it set a precedent for killing off characters you care about. Come with me, Arya. I'll take you to safety. Safety? Where the fuck's that? Her auntie Neary's dead. Her mother's dead. Her father's dead. Her brother's dead. Winterfell is a pile of rubble. There's no safety, you dumb bitch. You don't know that by now. You're the wrong one to watch over her. And that's what you're doing? Watching over her? Aye, that's what I'm doing. Monster movies have tons of showdowns. Because you've got to defeat the monster at the end. Like when... Faye Ray threw the chimp off the Empire State Building. Chimp. She threw him off it. He was chimping. He had no tail. (laughs) Monkeys have tails, so he wasn't a monkey. (laughs) And showdowns don't have to be fights. They're not the same thing. Because one of my favorite showdowns was in, uh, and I, from the time that this film came out, I've always gotten stick for liking it. And uh, God knows that if I went back and watched it now, I might have a sense of revulsion to it. But my best friend's wedding, when Julia Roberts finally comes, has that showdown with, I think it's Dermot, is it Dermot Marie or Dylan McDermott? It's one of those guys. Yeah. And confesses that she loves him and that he needs to call off the wedding, that he is her one, not Cameron Diaz. And he says, no, that's that might be your reality, but it's not my reality. That's a showdown. And that's a devastating showdown because you're invested in the outcome of what happens there. Mm-hmm. And the character doesn't get the outcome that she wants, but it's the outcome that is the right one. Got a minute? What's up? I have to say this quick, or I'm just going to have this massive coronary, and then you'll never hear it, and you have to. This is by far the dumbest thing I've ever done in my entire life. Uh, so dumb, in fact, uh, that I can't. Oh, but I'm going to. Sure. Michael, I love you. I've loved you for nine years. I've just been too arrogant and scared to realize it. And, well, now I'm just scared. So I, I, I realize this comes at a very 
inopportune time, but I really have this gigantic favor to ask of you. Choose me. Marry me. Let me make you happy. That sounds like three favors, doesn't it? And it leaves you with a very sort of melancholic, but almost she's evolved as a character. You could go back and look at that film with a totally different lens and put on some sinister, freaky, um, like single white woman. female, single white, <laughs> single white female vibes on that film. And she becomes a different personality if you kind of look at the shit she's up to. She's pretty she does. She's doing some despicable things, but the thing is that you relate to her because she's desperately sad and vulnerable. So she's motivated yeah. through her vulnerabilities. There's another one which is quite subversive, and I'm surprising myself now by remembering these. But it's another film that I absolutely love, and it's it's a showdown that implodes, and um, it happens in young adult, and it's when Patton Oswalt basically. Demolishes Charlize Theron's ego and her her narcissism, and she's right at the point of breaking through to a sort of a higher sense of enlightenment and becoming a much better person. Again, she's somebody that has sort of um, her her fears and vulnerabilities have metastasized, and she's quite a nasty person. Mm-hmm. And then this side character comes along and just confirms all of her worst impulses and and tells her in so many words that you don't need to evolve what are you talking about they're assholes they're just saying you that to bring you down and, and you are actually my hero i look up to you i think you are fantastic and you see all of the doors shut and this this sad character just being born in that moment and it's played for humor and it's quite mm-hmm. ironic but it is a tragedy. You weren't there. We made out. It was intense and passionate. Gave me a sweatshirt. Yes, I noticed. They probably noticed in space. And FYI, you look completely insane wearing it. Look, I don't know what Buddy's doing with you or what you think he's doing with you. But you need to move on. You want to talk. All you care about is some scuffle that happened 20 years ago. You lean on that crutch and you lean on excuses. And you and I both know you use this whole thing as an excuse to do absolutely nothing with your life. Scuffle. You don't know shit about what happened to me. Okay, those jocks used to blow during lunch. They shattered my legs, bashed in my brains mangled my cock so that I have to piss and come sideways for the rest of my life. Then they left me for dead. You know, things aren't too great down south. I can barely get off by myself, you know, let alone with, with another person. 
You know, what's done is done. Can't keep dwelling on the past, Matt. Are you fucking kidding? Are you talk about dwelling in the past? Here you are, back in Mercury, like a loser, trying to score with a happily married man. But he's not happy, okay? So just stop saying that. You're hardly the authority on happiness, Sylvia. You know what, Matt? It really is a shame that you're like this, because you know what? If you had a good personality, none of this other stuff would bother people. You know, why don't you use my crutch again as a metaphor? That was brilliant, all right? That was masterful. Or, oh, you know, um, save it for your little teenage stories, all right? Because God knows you don't know shit about being an adult. And those are short on scenes as well. Yeah. I only saw that film once, but I was really impressed by that film. I thought it was a fucking brave, brave film. And, it's my favorite uh, Jason Reitman film. But yeah, it's a very good film. I don't think enough people have seen it. And uh, it's well worth checking out. I agree with you. That's very good. Thank you, Will. I am going to get us on back onto, unless you've got other ones, I'm going to get us back onto the basic train, right? I'm going to put onto the basic train to go back to some of the classic showdowns. Ian Aaron. My second to last pick is basically a film which has got a great showdown scene and all great showdown scenes have to culminate with some sort of catharsis. You need it. You need that sense of release after a showdown. Um, pop that's what shot. a lot of those. So, yeah, there you go. Pop shots, whatever pop shot is. Um, but you need that release. You need that sense of the audience's, the payoff of uh, the audience's emotional investment in a character and their journey. You need uh, through a decisive victory. And it's when Rocky defeats communism. <laughs> no, but you're not fucking far off. It's when Rocky goes the distance with Apollo Creed and Rocky. That's the fucking one I was thinking of. They're leading him back over to his corner. Rocky can hardly find his way. He's sitting down now. Your nose is broke. How's it look? That's an improvement. I want you to quit shucking and jiving. I want you to stick and move. Go for the ribs. Don't let that bastard breathe. The guy's great. He doesn't know it's a damn show. He thinks it's a damn fight. Finish this bomb and let's go home. I love the fucking catharsis in that fucking film. I, and I he loses. It, well, is it, it? It's kind of like he goes the distance. But that That's wasn't the fucking the, that point. Wasn't, yeah, that wasn't the. He ended up gaining so much by putting himself out there and proving to himself that he had what it took to be yeah. a contender. It's like it's a it's a resolution. It's a personal triumph and redemption. It the fight represents represents uh, Rocky's journey uh, to prove his self worth and the indomitable human spirit. Uh, Rocky's basically Rocky's refusal to give up and his relentless determination resonates with with me anyway for certain, and it results in this cathartic cathartic release, which kind of only happens in the final few moments of that film. Like you know, in that last on that last round where it's definitely the least glossy of all the showdown battles in all the Rocky movies but there's something very very raw and emotionally powerful about that final showdown in that first Rocky movie he's on the ropes he's sitting down in his corner Apollo Creed has got his ribs busted in the other corner Rocky gets his eyes split open and the two can get out there and they fucking stagger around each other knocking shit out of each other like almost just but, but there's this respect for one another and when the bell rings Rocky doesn't care what the outcome of the fight is he has reported just cares 
about Adrian. Adrian. And my God, I get choked. I watched it today. I got so choked up of him calling for Adrian. Home, her running through the fucking cheering crowd with her red beret which falls off and uh, Paulie's at the ropes trying to get in and a police officer trying to pull him back and Paulie he Pauly. was abused yeah Paulie's a horrible piece of shit but in this one moment he, he redeems himself because he lifts the ropes distracts the cops so Adrian can slip in and they embrace and my god like he tears welling up in my eyes watching this film which I know is a cliche but it's a beautiful story of Rocky who started off as a piece of shit he was working for the mafia working for the mob he was worthless even Mickey as a coach wouldn't take him on he had no sense of self story. it's a perfect underdog it's the ultimate underdog story and that fucking showdown it's such catharsis you know in that final battle I love it I adore it I think it's wonderful Ain't gonna be no rematch. Go on one. Here it's chaos. Rocky, you went the distance. You went the 15 rounds. How do you feel? All right, Thor. What are you thinking about when that buzzer's on uh, for that line? Adrian! What are you thinking about when the 15th round when you're coming out? Adrian! Rocky! I agree with you. Picard season three had some great showdowns. <laughs> yeah, many, many showdowns. It did. It generally did. But it, it was for the reasons that you're talking about, which is that our heroes were outmatched and it felt like they were going to lose this. And so yeah. when they were able to pull it back, incredible magic. And that's all you want out of every single scene that we talk about on this podcast be it musical numbers or uh, fight scenes or monologues or anything you want to feel like your molecules are changed in the moment having Mm. experienced that and showdowns are some of the the most molecule changing of all because as we have proved on this podcast 
there's too many to mention. And that's why we didn't mention the ones that you're thinking of right now. <laughs> well, I can, I maybe one of the, the, one of the ones you're thinking right now came up in our Patreon, Patreon picks. Cause I can throw you, uh, I can, I can throw out some of the picks our Patreon suggested to us. Okay. Right? Hit me and I'll give them a rating. Okay. Tom Butler, he gave us two. He said Akira. Okay. And yeah. Goldfinger. Okay. Yes. Yes. The, the, the showdown between Bond and uh, Ajab. Patrick McGinley said the rap battle in Eight Mile. Very good. Really good. I was trying to think of musical face-offs and I was thinking, I've not seen Pitch Perfect, but I know that happens. There's a battle oh, yeah, in that. That's and then Bring It On has got those dance battles, but I'm not too familiar with them to be able to bring them up. But Eight Mile, great. It's a good one. A Few Good Men, obviously. You can't handle Courtroom Kaput. dramas. I didn't... I, there was a, there was a couple of things I wanted to sort of mention at the start of the episode, which was like let's not venture into courtroom scenes because that's a, a topic in the in the wheel, and those are all showdowns. It's always of course there, you know. I just watched the verdict the other day for the first time. Incredible! <gasps> that's a great film. I actually haven't seen it in, in in twenty years. No, I have to go back and watch it again. I'm looking forward to it. That'd be great. Uh, he yeah. also mentioned Aliens, which we've already mentioned. Tommy Luke recommended. Kung Fu Hustle, fucking great film. And yeah. a film you've mentioned before, Happy Gilmore. What's the show on Happy Gilmore? Probably the, the fight. The punch up? Uh, probably the fight. That came up in Best Fight Scene, didn't it? It did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. James already had one film that was both, both on our list. Some Predator. samurai thing. Actually, Predator. Predator. Oh my God. Yeah, he said Predator. But he also uh, recommended the Akira Kurosawa film, uh, Senjuro. Of course he did. Yeah, of course, he did. <laughs> of course, John, John, of course he James. Did. It wouldn't be a James pick if it wasn't black and white. With a fella holding the fucking katana blade in black and white, <laughs> that's James's pick. <laughs> Niall Murphy had three picks for us. He had the uh, in Raiders, the showdown between Indy and the Swordsman. For me, that's more of a kind that's of a, a encounter, but it's a it's a bitty, mini showdown. Yeah. He also had uh, one from Kill Bill Two, uh, the dry uh, sorry, the Bride versus Ellie Driver. L Driver. The Bride versus L. I, I'd written Ellie Driver. L Driver. Okay. I know you did, but you're wrong. I'm probably wrong. See, yeah. my favorite showdown in that is her against Oruko? Oruko? Orishi Yen? Oren Ishii. Oh, yeah. Oren Ishii. Yeah. There's Yuki. There's, oh, fuck it. He's, she's up against Kill Bill's Asian <laughs> Viper. Yeah. Copper Top or whatever her name is. <laughs> rat snake <laughs> we meet again rat snake <laughs> snake boys <laughs> snake eyes his other one was he also he also My recommended the dot <laughs> he also recommended Cape Fear and showed up between Nolte and De Niro uh Ooh, those, those those bloody 90s Home invasion style, like melodramatic thrillers. They had loads of them. All showdowns. The hand All that rocks the cradle. Yeah. Yeah. I fucking, what's the one? Uh, f- fatal, not, is it, what's the one? Fatal, with attraction. The, fatal attraction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's where which he baits all... her head in with a toaster. And that's the one where they, which they reshot the ending. That wasn't the original ending. They went back in and totally redid the The original ending. ending was he baited her head in with a rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> he hit her with the. Bunny. <laughs> Kieran Hartness had one recommendation and it was Showdown in Little Tokyo. The uh, Brandon Lee. That. 
and Dolph Rundgren film. I watched it fucking it's 40 years ago now. Um, Anything that is like 90s himbos kickboxing the shit greased up and kickboxing the shit of each other, that's going to be Kieran's pick. He loves that stuff. He really, he and does. I, I love it. And I want some, I want a list of He's recommendations like, that I have to watch. Uh, American Ninja 3, Blood Pussy uh, is a great one, but it's not as good, it's not as, good as Ninja Horses 4. <laughs> Larry Jackson, she had two great picks. Uh, the Princess Bride, You Kill My Father. Oh, daughter. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's incredible. The whole movie's building up to that. Yeah, it's so worth it. And West Side Story, of course, which is all about, you know, showdown between the Jets and the, the Jets and the Knives, the Slices the and the Slashies. And, the, yeah. <laughs> and Don, or uh, Don, or Patron Saint, Patron Saint Don, uh, he uh, said uh, his favorite showdown scenes are from Freddy Fast versus Jason. Fast and Furious. Freddy, he did not mention Fast and the Furious. Oh my God. Freddy versus Freddy. Jason. Cop the fuck on, Don. And, and he's taking the piss. Freddy versus Jason and Alien versus Predator. <laughs> and the other one he had was uh, Don versus Kevin. Uh, that's another favourite showdown scene, which we I don't think that's... we've ever fully had. We have to have no, it. No, we have not. So those were all of um, the Patreon picks, or at least the ones that I grabbed today when I asked them very, very briefly. Our Patreon you can find it by clicking the link in our show notes and you can join our Discord. And our Discord is like our own private little corner of the web where it is overtaking what Twitter used to be for us. So we're yeah. just chatting away with each other and whatever nominal support you want to give us, it's like the price of a pint at this stage or the price of a coffee, really, with the way that inflation is going. And um, it helps us to make extra shows so we're always putting up bonus material. Yeah. And, and we have about 70 bonus shows there. And we put the effort into them. Not like this episode, but like my episodes. <laughs> when it Kevin works on. <laughs> <laughs> but I, what, to your point of what you said about the Discord, I'm being quite sincere when I say I open, I have my Discord open in the background and it is the place I, I don't look at Twitter. I don't look at Facebook or any social media. I look at Discord. Because if there's anything worth discussing, it kind of comes up there. And everyone there is sound, including Don, Kevin, including Don. No, that's a including Discord. Don, yeah. That's a Patreon joke, okay? But everyone there is really sound and it's a great, great community. And one of the, I think one of the beautiful surprises of starting this podcast is the little community that has sprung up. We, we've said that before around. and that has held true for me. It's my favorite aspect of having not just on the podcast, but having the Patreon is like, I thought the Discord was an obligation thing. You put it there and it's like a tier thing and whatever, but it's actually just, it keeps the podcast alive when we're off researching or recording or not recording or whatever, mm -hmm. but it's just, it's hopping every day and it is so much fun. Anyway, that's a, that's a hard sell for you guys. So Kevin, we finally come to that moment. We're back after Months and months have been a been a part of not recording these fucking things, and we're already we've already. Our version of taking a break is to do like to do double the amount of podcasts. Yeah, that's it. Do more. Take a break. Do more. Relax. Do three times we'll what do, you did before. We'll just tell people we're not going to do anymore, and we'll just do more. Do more. <laughs> then they'll miss us if we just throw more at them. Yeah, we we just <laughs> have to keep forcing them to love us. <laughs> yeah. 
Just fill up their entire podcast feed. Here's another audio commentary. Here's another audio commentary. <laughs> they have no choice but to listen to us. Well, um, <laughs> Kevin, my Once again, I'm asking for your attention. For me, the best showdown scene has to be mythic and epic. It has to have incredible cinematography, editing, incredible performances, and incredible music. And the scene that immediately came to mind and I went back and rewatched the film and it confirmed for me that this is a fucking amazing showdown scene is the final showdown between Harmonica and Frank in Once Upon a Time in the West. We have the music by Ennio Morricone and the stage is set for this like grand operatic climax, the showdown. These two iconic rivals finally face off against each other. Gunslinger versus Gunslinger. The mysterious white hat of Harmonica versus the sinful black hat of Frank. And Frank has this strange respect for Harmonica because he wonders why in the hell has Harmonica gone to all this trouble to help this little widow and her little problem with these uh, guys who are trying to steal her farm and her land and we get the answer to that question in a fucking perfect cutaway in this flashback as these two predators slowly stalk each other and the score by Ennio Marconi sets the scene and the camera moves very carefully with them and a flashback cuts away to a moment in the past where we see how the character of Harmonica got his Harmonica. And the answer is a long-forgotten act of cruelty by Henry Fonda's character. A terrible killing. And now, years later, the mortal sin has caught up with the sinner. And that's why this showdown scene is one of the greatest cinematic showdown scenes in cinema for me. It is perfectly layered. It is mythic. It is good versus evil. It is cathartic and it is revealing. And it doesn't get more perfect than this for me. So that's my best pick, Kevin.
Kevin, we've done it. That's it. Best showdown scene in the bag. Completed. How are you feeling? I feel hot and sticky. Oh. That's out. not a good thing. You should take off the cling film which you wrap around your body nightly. Just, I know it's a good way to lose a few pounds, but just you don't have to do it in the middle of the summer. That's just my skin. I've just had a fish. Do it. We're going to line on this face. <laughs> Come here. Will we roll this wheel? Get out your app. Spin the wheel. <laughs> oh, Jesus Spin Christ. the wheel. Tell us what we're going to be doing. It's episode 52. Vring, it's spinning. And... We didn't really take out the episodes we've already, we've already done. I need to go back into that wheel and prune it. Oh, God. What if we get a topic which we've already covered? So this Grant will just re-release we'll just have to do it again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what we'll do. Oh, we re-release no, it. Unfortunately, it hasn't come up that way. Kevin, the topic you get for next time is best time travel scene. Best time travel scene, Kevin. Wow. <laughs> wow. Dun, I know dun, what I want to do. Dun. I know what I want to do. <laughs> He's already he's already coming up with a plan. Immediately he's formulating a plan. Okay. Listen. What do we usually say? Thanks for listening to us. If you like this yeah. episode, yeah. Listen to some other episodes. I'm sure that'll be good. Give us a rating. Yeah, rate us. The five star stuff. That really helps on the algorithm. That's it. You, if you don't want to go and subscribe, which is totally understandable, uh, understandable cost of living crisis, go into your little uh, podcast app, Spotify uh, or Apple Music, and just up at, and give us that five stars or whatever it is. And if you can, a quick review. It bumps us up there. It'd be great. Really appreciate it. Thanks very much and love you for it. Yes, and check out our Patreon. You can, you can sample away. You can do a week's free trial. You can even, if you want, on Apple, you can subscribe for the whole year for like the 30 euro or whatever it is. It says it there on the little show note thing. And um, you get all these extra bonus episodes from us that we love to do. And we'll be back for the very next episode of the main show in time travel. I, oh, I my God. I'm excited. I'm, I, I'm genuinely happy to be back researching, thinking about these topics and looking at odd films. It's great. It's great. I didn't do a tap of research for this. It I don't know. Keep it short. <laughs> I'll see. Take okay. care. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Talk to you soon. Best Bits Podcast is produced by Will and Kevin. All audio clips and music heard in this episode is the intellectual property of the respective copyright holders and no infringement is intended. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider becoming a Patreon member where you'll receive bonus shows where we talk about recent releases and what we're up to. And you'll receive access to our Discord chat room where we hang out with our listeners. Search the Best Bits Podcast on Patreon or click on the link in the show notes. Right, that'll do. I'm off. And here is a clip from the lad's latest Mini Bits bonus show. The full episode, plus 100 more, are available on their Patreon. The best bits with Will and Kevin. No, the best bits with Kevin and Willem. With the films and the, with the TV and the latest films. Something, something, something. something. Um, don't forget that you owe us €3. Euro. <laughs> okay. You can't remember what. <laughs>
Oh my god. I, I did a whole Irish theme. The best place I can find Willem. Talking deviantly. <laughs> okay, right. I'm gonna find the fucking thing. Because it's gonna be the music to start the episode. I don't think I've heard this. You have. Well, maybe you haven't. I don't think I have heard this. I do. I suspect that what you do is you just put the laugh and emoji thing and think I'll listen to that some other time. Fuck it. That'll do. Because <laughs> it's bound to be funny in his eyes. So yeah. I'll just tell him what he wants to hear. I actually only laugh the emoji when I've actually listened to it. I should have taken the hint that nobody was responding to the Podbot one. Like nobody was giving me any reaction to it. And oh. I thought they hadn't listened to it yet. And then, of yeah. course, I was delighted with that. And people hated it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, it, was, it, was, it wasn't easy on the ears in, a, in the sense that it was just her monotone voice. So there was no up and down. That's the thing. Yeah, I know. I tried my best. You're a bug and I'm a feature. Pray to this mantis or I'll eat you. And if you don't know my name, here's an update to teach you. I'm, I'm, I'm Hogwarts and I'm the future. An AI podcasting computer. The number one zero one zero zero one one producer. Yeah, that's exactly She's good. Did you do? So. Don't forget, now you owe us three euro. I come off the stage. I'm not, that. I've not. I've. I've not heard this. I swear to God. I'm going to send it to you right now, and you can get a genuine reaction. I'll actually listen to it. So I'm. I have my WhatsApp open. The best is Kevin Willem. About the telly and the latest film. Talking shite at the dynamic duo. Don't forget, now you owe three euro. I come off the stage, old <laughs> That's genuinely my first time hearing that. <laughs> I just could easily have just scrubbed it from my memory. That's the other thing that could have happened. How do you operate? I I I generally just go on impulses. So if I need to toilet, I just toilet, and does I that doesn't necessarily mean I need to be Squat, in the proximity like a of a toilet. Yeah, that's what I'm saying you just go. I just nappy it, Kevin. I just man. I just adult nappy it. Oh, we've got loads to talk about. Um, I've watched a load of things. So have I. But I think I should get one thing off my chest straight away because I think the discourse out there sometimes can feel really artificial to me and it can feel like people will films to be worse than they are in order to have something to point at and ridicule and sort of create content about should I start the timer? Is this, have we just started? Start the timer because I'm rare okay. to go. I saw Madam Web. Right. I honestly, guys, know nothing. All I all I know is I saw a poster oh, very recently. It went. There's a Madam Web film, and I'm. What is this? So it's a Spider Verse adjacent Marvel movie. Yeah, it's it's one of these Sony things where they did Venom and they're doing Craven the Hunter, okay. and it's sort of an offshoot of. The Spider-Man movies, but I don't right. know what universe they're in because they're trying to blend them all together. So, is this the Tobey Maguire Spider-Verse? To me, it feels like it's in that space. Mm. Anyway, I thought I'm done with superhero movies. I'm just over them. I watched Captain Marvel not re- long ago, and I thought it was just tedious. Are you it's so like the Marvels, not Captain Marvel. Is that what Marvels? You're well, yeah. she's in it. Captain Marvel. Captain yeah. Marvel two. It was just sort of like, it was another one of those films that felt like Ant-Man in that everything was chemical and synthetic and fake and Mm -hmm. airless. And, you know, you just have sound stage after sound stage. And I just feel profoundly depressed watching those films. I feel like there's nothing organic happening in these 
from the lines of dialogue to the hairstyles to the costumes to the sets to the music to everything just feels it's artificial wafer thin just wafery artificially no sustenance no satisfaction you know protein in it whatsoever you feel like oh wow I just I just put something down my throat and I'm still hungry it feels like eating plastic okay on the whole it's just drifted so far away from what Iron Man was that I just don't care about them yet I found The Flash really fun because it was it felt like a Bill and Ted type movie at times it was off the wall bonkers and I don't really particularly give a shit about special effects whether they're good or bad you know I can buy into it because of the ideas behind it or the concepts behind it so I wasn't like revolted by the, the special effects of The Flash I just thought you know it's mm. funny to see babies falling out of windows and being put into microwaves and things like that so I went into Madam Web not really giving a fuck about the genre but I wanted to see it for the sake of having an opinion on it and the trailer was awful it had that terrible line reading in it from the Dakota Johnson where she's she's shitting out exposition and I think people had the film's cards marked at that stage and uh, the film itself to me played like a Final Destination action thriller and I thought it was really pleasant it didn't bother me in the slightest I didn't have any of the issues that everybody else has it was uh, a reluctant hero with no superpowers whatsoever other than having premonitions trying to keep three teenage girls alive against somebody who's like the evil version of Spider-Man who wants to murder them and they just play that out in a very cinematic way where it felt like a Sam Raimi type Spider-Man it looked as good as that it was all real locations for me it felt like a lovely throwback to the Sam Raimi Spider-Man films and I don't get why everybody loads the film. I thought it was just fun. Oh, wow. Uh, all I've yeah. seen is the negative discourse. And you're the first voice. I believe, you know, I haven't listened to the episode because I haven't watched the film yet. I know the Cinemile uh, had differing views. Oh, fuck. Me and Kathy, we were the, so far the only people that I know who don't think the film is dire. But... Dave almost had a hernia on that episode. It was very <laughs> enjoyable listen to listening to it. <laughs> oh, I had to listen to it. He was, I'm really curious. I'm really he was curious. disgusted because Caddy was pushing back and I thought it was very, very funny. And then when I saw it, I was like, do you know what? I am actually on the side of Caddy here. This is actually grand. Right. This is actually grand. <laughs> so <I've, laughs> but you know so what? Funny. It didn't feel like a superhero movie. So I liked it for that reason. Oh, it's okay I'm just going to look up some of the, the credits and I like Dakota um, Johnson's performance as well she was playing this sort of curmudgeonly anti-social character and to put that type of person in the role of having to be a protector is actually really fun for me and it's a role that you don't see many female characters inhabiting that's more like a Harrison Ford type role and um, I enjoyed it so I don't get why everyone is shitting their britches over it it's grand Thank you.